0: It was a less than ideal start to the 2023 season for the Carolina Panthers. Look back at the good, the bad, and the ugly from the Panthers' week one loss to Atlanta Falcons right here on Locked on Panthers. You are Locked on Panthers, your daily Carolina Panthers podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into another edition of the Lockdown Panthers Podcast, the part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. I'm your host, as always, Julian Council, talking Carolina Panthers with you every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, your team every day. That's our motto here on the Lockdown Podcast Network. Subscribe or follow the show for free on YouTube or or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast, And be sure to follow me, Julian Council, on Twitter, at Julian Council, where on Wednesdays I answer your weekly Wednesday mailbag questions every Wednesday throughout the regular season, either at me or DM me to get into tomorrow's edition of the weekly Wednesday mailbag right here on Locked on Panthers. Today's episode of Locked on Panthers is brought to you by Price Picks. It's the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to pricepicks.com slash Locked on NFL and use code in all lowercase locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Well, things didn't go according to plan on Sunday for the Panthers as they fell to their division rival Falcons 24 to 10. I do not think it was in the game plan to turn the ball over three times, but it's okay. It's only one of 17 and there's still plenty of time for the Panthers to turn it around and to go 16 and one. Now they're unlikely to go 16 and one, but it's still on the table. 17 you know. Who wants to do that anyways? 16-1. and Go out there. Let's see if they can do it. Now, probably won't do it, but still, the Carolina Panthers now shift their attention to next Monday night. That's right. Primetime football is back here in uptown Charlotte. No, Thursday night football does not count. It's an abomination. But Monday night football, the home opener for the Panthers, the first game, real game for Bryce Young at Bank of America Stadium. I expect that all of you. Who are in the area or can travel here will be there on Monday night against the Saints, loud and proud, ready to cheer on your Carolina Panthers after what was, of course, a disappointing week one loss. Now, we'll talk about this on the show today the good, the bad, and the ugly, going more in depth, reevaluating what happened with the game on Sunday. But first Frank Reich spoke to the media on Monday morning, as he will always do following games. And he talked about some of the things that went wrong for the Panthers. Also some things that went right. But first off, started off his press conference talking about JC Horn, who he did confirm had a hamstring injury and the Carolina Panthers will continue to monitor it. We talked about this on yesterday's show. It was a matter of when, not if JC Horn or Dante Jackson would go down with an injury. How would the Carolina Panthers respond Troy Hill came in immediately, made a nice play. But then we saw later on in the game, the Falcons, who had 90 yards passing, got 34 of them on what was a catch by Kyle Pitts and also a DPI, uh, defensive pass interference, on C.J. Henderson. I I didn't really see the P.I., but I did see C.J. Henderson once again give up a big-time play. And whether it should have been a pass interference, whether he would have caught it or not, at C.J. Henderson – Again, in bad position, giving up a big play in setting up the Falcons for the touchdown by Tyler Algier, his second of the day, first multi-rushing touchdown game of his career that effectively ended the game there as the Falcons went on to a 24-10 win. Now, there's been a lot of questions about the cornerback depth from folks that have been around here, but also this new coaching staff taking over. They said a lot of good things about Keith Taylor, who's no longer here in Carolina uh, throughout the Preseason and training camp, same thing for C.J. Henderson. They brought in Troy Hill because they needed a veteran who understood the system, who they could bring in. And we saw a little bit of him on Sunday. But as far as the cornerback depth goes and how does Frank Reich feel about it, he said his words that he's very confident in the cornerback depth. He felt that it was an area that's been a strength uh, for the team. We will see how much of a strength it is after watching J.C. Horn go down. And honestly, thinking about it, that was one of the positions heading into the year, just based off what we had seen in the past. From Taylor, who of course is no longer here in Carolina, but primarily Henderson, where when Dante and JC have gone out, those guys have struggled, and therefore the Carolina Panthers defensively have struggled to stop the pass, especially big passing plays down the field. Winhorn, their best DB, and also Dante Jackson have gone out of injury over the last couple of seasons here in Carolina. The hope is it won't be serious But the way it looked, I would not be surprised to see J.C. Horn on IR, which would mean he'd be out for at least four weeks. And then we'll see where they go from there. But right now, they're monitoring the situation. And he says, Frank Reich is, saying that he's very confident in the cornerback depth here in Carolina. He had a couple of defensive takeaways. Overall, he said the defense played well. Uh, They won on first down, which led to the Panthers holding the Falcons to 2 of 10 conversion rate on third down. And that's really the key, when you can get a team offensively, behind schedule. If you can settle a lot of second and tens, second and nines, that forces them to maybe have to throw the ball on second down. If they're not able to do anything with that, you got a third and long. And that allows the Panthers to go out there like they were on that first third down and get after the passer and to be able to get a sack, which Brian Burns had and let's strip sack one of his One and a half sacks on the afternoon. The Panthers had four sacks there in the first half. Being able to get teams in obvious passing downs then leads to being able to have success there on third down because the Panthers do have one of the best pass rushers in the NFL, Brian Burns, so good there. Speaking of Brian Burns, he did speak after the game saying that no matter... What happens as far as contract negotiations? He's not going to sit out a single game the rest of the year. He didn't sit out on Sunday, but he said he's not going to sit out, which is a positive. And when asked about that on Monday, Frank Reich said, "I trust the man. I believe in him. I trust him." When he came out to practice on Wednesday, that let me know all that I needed to know. That he knew that Brian Burns was all in for that week. Because if Brian Burns wasn't going to play, it wouldn't really make a lot of sense for him to go out to practice, other than let's avoid fines. When you're about to get a bunch of money. Are you really that concerned about the fines? Maybe not, but either way, Brian Burns, good to go the rest of the season with or without a contract. Again, I tell the Panthers, just give the man his money. Tackling was okay, but can get better, according to Frank Reich, and that kind of goes into the 130 yards rushing that they allowed on Sunday. When you look at the total yardage, 221, not that bad, but when you look at the Falcons being able to kind of control the tempo of the game in the second half, especially after all the turnovers, Not good not to be able to get off the field in those certain situations. So they've got to be better tackling. But a lot of teams. That's going to be any football team out there at any level. First game you play, you're not going to tackle well. Same thing with the pros. So the Carolina Panthers need to prove upon that. Um, As far as concerns about the run defense, Frank Reich said, feels good about the percentage of wins that they had on first down, which, of course, led to a 2 of 10 on third down for the Falcons for the game. Uh, He's not overly concerned about the run defense. We'll see. I just go back to the 2019 season uh, when the Panthers went, ran a 3-4 defense, at least that was a 3-4 base, and how bad they were against the run. And I'm just flashing back and hoping that's not going to be the same case with this uh, predominantly odd man front for the Panthers this year under Rogero Vero as their new D.C. Red, red zone defense, another thing that Frank Reich said, can be more efficient. The Falcons were 3-3 three for three in the red zone, and they got to create some more turnovers. That's what he would like to see from the Panthers. But yeah, red zone defense. Your defense is going to be... An elite defense. You're going to be truly a top 10 defense. You can't give up scores every time your opponent gets into the red zone. Of course, not put in great situations by the offense, but a defense has got to be better in those situations. Offensive takeaways from Frank Reich. He said they ran the ball well. O-line protected well uh, until the second half of those those two sacks, but that came to where they were in obvious passing downs. I talked about one yesterday where Kwanu had the false start there on that third and five, which then put the Panthers third and ten. Falcons could pin their ears back. They ran a stunt to the inside, but Dupree was right there in Bryce Young's lap, gets the sack. That's some of the things that happens that you can't allow to happen because you get behind the chains. That's what happened to the Panthers there in the second half when really their passing game failed them. We'll get more to the passing game here momentarily, but that was one of the issues. So ran the ball well, 151 yards on the ground. Both Chuba and Miles Sanders got it done. O-line looked so much better than they looked in the preseason, uh, but they got to be able to protect better when they're in obvious passing downs, of course. Uh, Three turnovers, but really it's four when you count the turnover on downs to start the game. I did not hate the call to do that defensively, uh, those coaches are always going to look at that as a turnover for them as the offense did not score any points. And they tried to do that, especially in the red zone. So three turnovers on the day. You can count four if you want to count the turnover on downs. That's something that obviously has to improve. Uh, The passing game overall has to improve. Uh, Frank Reich said it was subpar in the pass game in general, that they need more chunk plays, more explosive plays. And really that just led to questions about the wide receiver Room on Sunday afternoon for the Carolina Panthers. As we know, DJ Chark, who was brought in here to be a guy who could stretch the field was not out there with a hamstring injury he's been battling for the last three four weeks the hope is that he'll be ready by Monday night we will see if that will be the case but he was not out there on Sunday which meant that the Panthers had to play Terrace Marshall who's been banged up at the back they had to play him a lot Adam Thielen of course is out there I question how healthy he was having been on the injury report with the ankle limited on Wednesday did not practice on Thursday but did play of course on Sunday then Jonathan Mingo his first game really in the spotlight as a starting receiver in the NFL. We got to see him out there. So the wide receiver play just really wasn't great overall. And that was a concern I had coming into the season. I looked at it. I asked y'all who on that receiving core scares you. Not a single one. Maybe things change with DJ Chark. They're only going to get better. It's an offense where... I had said it's hard to really know what to expect from them considering they have not been whole. And it's going to be a while until they're fully whole with Austin Corbett dealing with that knee injury. Now, I thought Chandler Zavala held his own on the offensive line. That was the least of the concerns yesterday for the Carolina Panthers. But still, wide receivers got to be able to make plays. Need to be able to have a good connection with Bryce Young. We saw multiple times in that game. Just there was not... The same communication that needs to be there uh, as far as with Bryce Young and his receivers. I'm looking at Terrace Marshall, who has missed plenty of time, and that would lead to him not playing to the kind of level that you need him to play with and be on the same page as his quarterback, but going towards uh, going. Talking about wide receiver play, rather, um, Frank Reich did say he's confident in his wide receivers, but they need to execute better, and they also need to be put in better positions. He said he's confident in that room and that they'll make plays when they need to make plays, which they did not do yesterday, but still 16 games left to go, and that, they're, that their guys have plenty of speed. And uh, they'll find ways to make plays down the field. Speaking of plays down the field, as far as deep balls, uh, Frank Reich said they called four or five, maybe even six deep balls, a couple that they weren't able to execute as we saw the overthrow to Jonathan Mingo. The other one that Terrace Marshall pretty much quit on the route, according to Robert Smith, on the Fox broadcast. And also there was another time where they had to check out of it because the Falcons were bringing a blitz. They did not have a chunk play of 20-plus or 40-plus yards on the day. That has to change, especially the 20s. The 41's not always going to happen. You would like to get one or two in a game. But the 20-yard chunk plays, the Carolina Panthers got to hit those and not hit a single one of those on Sunday in that loss to the Falcons. As far as Bryce Young, his play, 20-38, of 146 yards passing, touchdown, two interceptions. You look at the numbers. Uh, pretty similar to what we've seen in the last couple of years, at quarterback for the Carolina Panthers. The difference is this guy was making his first career start, and he's only going to get better, where Sam Darnold, Baker Mayfield, P.J. Walker, it wasn't like those guys were going to really improve and be someone that the Panthers were going to build around long-term. The hope is that's what they want to do here with Bryce Young and Frank said he thought that Bryce played well despite turnovers he liked throwaways that he um he made instead of taking some sacks in that game uh thought that he threw the ball accurately which I can agree with I think there was maybe one or two times where he threw it behind his receiver but overall I thought Bryce was accurate looked calm the same guy we had seen in the past uh just made mistakes and Frank did say that the first interception it was on him that there was a delay of game call because he wasn't able to communicate effectively with Bryce and that was on him that that even that penalty even happened. And I guess that they had to run that play call where, you know, Bryce made that mistake. Frank Reich puts that turnover on him. So there we go. Uh, as far as other takeaways from Frank Reich, three penalties on special teams, not acceptable at all. You think about the one where the Panthers, for whatever reason, were inside their one. I don't know what Amir Smith-Marset was doing in that situation. But if there's no penalty by the Panthers, then they're not even in that situation to where they're back at the goal line. And then they get the, the Falcons' good field position, which then leads to the Falcons putting the game away, going up 24-10 to 10 after Henderson gave up that big play to Kyle Pitts. Uh, but overall, Frank Reich did say there's some positives to take away from the game, but there's a lot that they can still improve on. So what are those things that they can improve upon? We can talk about that throughout the rest of the week. But when we come back here, we'll look at the good, the bad, and the ugly for the Carolina Panthers' loss against the Atlanta Falcons on Sunday here in just a moment on Locked on Panthers. Get ready for the NFL season with incredible offers from FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers can bet $5 and get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed. Plus, all customers who bet $5 will get $100 off NFL Sunday ticket from YouTube and YouTube TV. I already know the first NFL Sunday has passed, and if you're sitting there wondering, why can't I watch any of these games? Well, go ahead and get YouTube TV and cash in on this ridiculous offer that they're offering you by going FanDuel. Now is the best time to use FanDuel. The app is easy to use, and you can bet on everything from spreads to player props and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOnNFL and kick off the NFL season with an offer you won't want to miss. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Let's continue to look back at the Carolina Panthers loss on Sunday by looking at the good, the bad, and the ugly from the 24-10 loss down there in Atlanta. Starting off with the good. Positive vibes only, at least, you know, for now. Because we have to be honest and talk about some of the bad things and some of the ugly things that we did see from that game. And there were certainly far too many and far more than any one of us would have hoped or expected to have seen on Sunday afternoon in that loss to the Falcons, but again, starting off with the good. The Panthers defense, overall, they looked pretty good. And considering we didn't see Brian Burns in the preseason, we didn't get to see Justin Houston at all, unless I guess you're at joint practice, but I don't even know if he was out there then. You didn't get to see this Panthers defense together. There was the one time where they played the ones against the Giants, didn't look good. The Giants, though, oh my God, 40 to nothing? Really, guys? So the Panthers bounce back, if you can even call it bouncing back, and that's one of those things where maybe don't make too much of the preseason, where it's like, well, why can't they get out the field? This is ridiculous. They were down their top three pass rushers, and we saw a much better pass rush, particularly in the first half of yesterday's game than we saw at all in the preseason with burns out there Derek brown getting in on the action the panthers defense was solid they looked good and frank reich said as much two of ten on third down they won first down a lot of times four sacks there in the first half would like to see more of those in the second half but the falcons and that this is one of the things i talked about it was confounding to me how the atlanta falcons were rushing for 9.3 yards um, per attempt in the first half and they had thrown the ball 10 times what are you doing that's what you do. You you run. Why are you trying to throw? And every time they try to drop back and throw, Desmond Ritter was under duress. So they decided to not do that in the second half. So the Panthers didn't really have that many opportunities to get after Ritter. Uh, but still, four sacks. You like to see that. Of course, Brian Burns, went a one and a half. Derek Brown getting in on the action. Shite Tuttle as well. Frankie Luvu picking up where, from where he left off last year. We had seven sacks. like to see that. 221 total yards, you're going to typically win if that's what you're going to give up in an NFL game. Like yesterday, if we talked about it, and everyone knows this. It's pretty simple. And, I, of course, there's always going to be the, the people who are going to say, oh, the ref screwed us from the beginning. And I got one of those tweets, and I just rolled my eyes like, dude, really? You're, you, the team turned ball over three times. If there's any turnover you can even try to say the ref screwed you on, it was on the Miles Sanders fumble. But looking back on it, he was still up. The ball was out. And yeah, there was a obvious, there was a clear immediate recovery. I didn't see it at first, but looking back at the replay, I see where Lorenzo Carter jumped on it immediately, not to add the ball. So that's the only one you can even try to dispute. But even still, where that's ten points, um, so that you maybe take off the board. Carolina Panthers still lose that game. They need to be much better. Not. T- uh, not turn the football over of course so 221 yards you're usually going to win in those happy games 91 yards passing that they allowed now they're going to play much better quarterbacks that's not what they saw in Desmond Ritter at least starting his fifth game in the NFL we'll see uh, what he looks like later on in the season when the Panthers play him they're going to face a better quarterback on Monday night and Derek Carr who threw for 300 plus yards in his Saints debut and that win against the Titans on Sunday afternoon so like what the past defense did, they'll get a far better challenge without J.C. Warren likely come Monday night. Uh, the running game, another positive for the Panthers. Rush for 150, 154 yards, 4.8 yards per carry. Love what I saw from Chuba Hubbard. Uh, Miles Sanders, aside from the fumble, was solid. I would ask the question of maybe, maybe split the carries a little bit, considering that Chuba had far more of a burst than Sanders, but also recognize that that was Miles Sanders' first game out there with the Panthers and not play in the preseason was banged up with a groin injury. So I'll give him a little bit of time to really get acclimated and play at the level that a lot of us hope he'll play at this upcoming season. Uh, More good. Offensive line play. A lot of y'all were freaking the hell out during the preseason about the offensive line play. And I understand Icky was bad and he made a critical mistake yesterday. Not as big a mistake as you may think it was, but it did not put the Carolina Panthers in a good position. And that mistake directly led to a sack on the next play. So you got to be better there. But I thought overall, he played a solid game. Brady Christensen, same way. Bradley Bozeman, they paved the way. They looked like the same offensive line in the second half of last season that was able to run the football. 154 yards rushing again, 4.8 yards per carry. They allowed two sacks, but those are in the second half in those obvious passing downs where they got behind the chains, the Falcons knew what they were going to do, and they started doing some creative stuff, and they were able to get home a couple of times. So the offensive line, I thought, played well, held up much better than they did in the preseason, and will still be a strong unit for the Carolina Panthers this season. Another good Bryce Young, he got his first career touchdown pass ball back. That sounds weird, but he got it back. Because remember, Hayden Hurst scored a touchdown, threw it in the air and into the stands. And I'm sitting here like, dude, what are you doing? You need to get up there and go get the football. It was all taken care of. Bryce was asked about, it, about the game like that was not what I was thinking about. And Hayden Hurst came out on Twitter after the game saying, everyone calm down. We got the ball. It's all good, aside from the fact that they lost the game. But he looked good, and he got caught up in the moment. But the Panthers did get that ball back for Bryce. So congratulations to Bryce Young on your first career touchdown and for being able to put that ball in a glass case that you'll never take it out of. Uh, The bad, we got to get to it, the defense. And I think they played well. But there's just two things I had to point out because I'm I'm holding them to a higher standard because I do think this can be a very good unit. The offense – I don't have the high hopes for them. I don't think they're going to be a top half of the NFL offense this year. Um, But we'll see how they improve throughout the season, which I believe there will be improvement. There has to be improvement because if there's not, this is going to be a long season. But defensively, I thought they were good, but they weren't great. They allowed 130 yards rushing. That's five yards per attempt. The defense – also, wasn't great when it came to sudden change. They allowed 17 points off turnovers, and that goes back to Frank Reich saying they need to be more effective in the red zone where they gave up three out of three opportunities where they gave up scores, so they need to be better there. So the defense, those that was the bad for them. While they got off to the passer, they were great on third down. They held the, the Falcons to 91 yards passing in an NFL game, total yardage, 221, a lot of good from that game. But the areas they can improve is against the run, and Reich believes that would be the case. And they got to be better in the red zone. they got to be better when that sudden change happens and when the offense turns the football over. Got to help them out in those situations, especially as this offensive unit tries to come together and really uh, find a rhythm and an identity moving forward throughout the rest of the season. The Ugly. Um, Well, these are all obvious. Three turnovers for the offense. Uh, Four, if you want to count the turnover on down to start the game. Again, yesterday, that's just Grady Jarrett being better than you in the interior of the offensive line. We have seen the interior of the offensive line over the last couple seasons have issues in those short yardage situations. So the hope is James Campbell can get that cleaned up, continue to fix that. Um, But that happens. I like the aggressiveness. He's just started the season off. The chart says to go for it. You just got to block, and you got to find that rushing lane. If there's not one, you got to put your head down and just get through there and get that yard. The Panthers have to be able to get a yard in no situation. So call it a turnover, I suppose. I know the defensive staff over there in Atlanta will. I don't hate the call at all. But the other three turnovers, not good. Frank can blame himself. Bryce has got to do better. First and second one there. Sanders running back. Dude, You got your first job is to not get the quarterback killed as far as pass protection. And the second job is to hold on to the football. He failed at his second job by fumbling the ball there, which led to seven points by the Falcons. Uh, Another ugly uh, wide receiver play. The Panthers wide receivers had eight receptions on 15 targets for 68 yards. That ain't going to do it, folks. That has to be so much better. Now, if DJ Chark plays... Is that number better? I think so. But the question is, how much better will it be? I do believe, though, that Adam Thielen is not going to play as poorly as he did on Sunday, if you want to say he played poorly, only two receptions. I think his numbers are going to look better than that. I don't have much confidence in Terrace Marshall. As far as what he's going to provide for the Panthers, I hope that Mingo can provide more throughout the season. I would like to have seen more LaVisca Chenault. I don't know why they got away from that after that was really a key early on in the game with the scripted plays. They just got away from that. Why not have him be more involved, especially when Chark's going to be out? I don't really understand that, but the receiver play, again, eight receptions on 15 targets for 68 yards. That ain't going to cut it. Hayden Hurst, five receptions, 41 yards, touchdown. He looked good much better by himself than the Panthers wide receivers looked as a unit on Sunday afternoon. But I do think that DJ Chark, when he comes back, that will help out. Just will be a matter of how much it will help the Panthers moving forward. And then the last thing that was ugly. The Panthers are the only team in the NFC South to lose on Sunday. The Saints beating the Titans by a point. The Bucs somehow winning in Minnesota. And of course, Falcons, who are in the division, beat the Panthers. So The Panthers currently 0-1, sitting in last place. But they do have an opportunity, come Monday night, against the New Orleans Saints, to find their way to 1-1 and, and to not be in the cellar of the NFC South after one week. Again, it's only one week, so it's not that big of a deal. But not a great start for the Carolina Panthers, as they set at 0-1 to start off the season. Let's take a quick pause and come back and talk about some of the roster moves Panthers made on Monday and also look at the snap counts for some players on Sunday afternoon in the Panthers' loss down in Atlanta here in about just a moment on Lockdown Panthers. Prize Picks is the most fun you'll have winning up to 25 times your money this football season. You just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projected stats, and place your entry. Test your skills on Prize Picks this football season. It's the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. If you have the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. Prize Picks is really simple to play. You can make your picks and submit your entry in less than 60 seconds. It's quick withdrawals, easy gameplay, and an enormous selection of players and stat types are what makes PricePix the number one daily fantasy sports app. Go to PricePix.com slash LockedOnNFL and use code NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. That's PricePix.com slash LockedOnNFL and use code NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Let's take a look at some of the snap counts from the Panthers game on Sunday down in Atlanta, starting off with the wide receivers. DJ Jark not out there. Terrace Marshall actually played the most snaps of all receivers, playing 90% of the offensive snaps on Sunday afternoon. Adam Thielen played 88% and Jonathan Mingo played 87% to really break that down. Terrace Marshall played one more snap than Adam Thielen and two more snaps than Jonathan Mingo Two receptions, 19 yards, seven targets. Not a great outing for TMJ against the Falcons, but did get an opportunity. We'll see whether he gets that much of an opportunity next week when, hopefully, DJ Chark is ready to go on Monday Night Football against the New Orleans Saints. Amir Smith-Marset, who was the primary returner for the Panthers, made a bone-headed decision, and also just... I don't know. I still don't understand the call, uh, but still, where was he going? He only played two snaps on offense as a wide receiver, so even with D.J. Chark out, it's not like they were asking much out of Avery smith Marset. so we can see what his role is going to be here in Carolina this season. Looking at the running backs, Miles Sanders played 44 snaps, Chuba Hubbard's 28. I wouldn't hate to find a way to split those just based off what we saw, but I will, I guess, well, I, I will. I'll give it some time, wait to see what Miles Sanders can do and see if Chuba Hubbard can be as consistent. But what we saw from Chuba last year in that secondary role, he was really good. Maybe he is better off just being that secondary um, role guy as a one-two punch and being someone who can help you out in the run game because he ran out there yesterday with a lot of aggression. And I like to see that, and I, I like to role for Chuba – but if he's going to run like that, and if Sanders is going to cop the football up, then we'd love to see Juba Hubbard maybe get more of an opportunity. He ran hard in the preseason as well. Third-year player, uh, good stuff from Juba Hubbard. And I think we'll see much better from Miles Sanders moving forward. Uh, tight ends, Hayden Hurst played 41 snaps. Tommy Trimble, 18. Ian Thomas, 15. That's what you want to see. That's what you're hoping to see when Hayden Hurst joined the Carolina Panthers, him being a receiving threat, which he was. On Sunday afternoon, but also to be able to play the bulk of those tight end reps when they go to 11 personnel, which is one running back, one tight end. Some of the Panthers played a lot yesterday and played a lot in the preseason. But then when we get into some 12 personnel, of course, you're going to see Tommy Trimble and Thomas be able to mix in there in certain situations. So good to see Hayden Hurst get that amount of snaps and have a big impact. On the game, uh, looking at the defense, Frankie Louvu, Shaq Thompson, Von Bell n- did not come off the field. Played 100% of the snaps uh, yesterday or on Sunday. Um, Dante Jackson played all but one snap, and that's good. With J.C. Horn going down with that injury, it's good to see Dante Jackson uh, be healthy, be flying around out there, and be able to play um, pretty much every single snap aside from the one. Derek Brown and Brian Burns also they played every snap. Uh, aside from two of them, Jeremy Chin, interestingly, uh, interestingly enough, played 38 snaps, which is only 73% of the game. So, we'll be interesting to see uh, if that will be the trend moving forward. And then CJ Henderson, Troy Hill, looking at their snap count. Henderson played 32 snaps, while Hill played 16. That is also something to monitor throughout the week. Heading into next Sunday or next Monday night against the uh, Saints to see if Hill maybe plays more snaps in Henderson as he is still getting acclimated after missing a large portion of the offseason and signing on late right before the final preseason game a couple of weeks ago. Defensive line was wondering about would you see Nick Thurman, LeBron Ray, uh, LeBron Ray saw him out there. I, I swear I saw Nick Thurman out in one of the plays, but I did not see him out there as far as the snap count as someone who played. So LeBron Ray got one snap, his first snap in the NFL, his well, one and only snap in the NFL. And then uh, as far as defensive end, or really outside linebacker, edge rusher rotation went, Etor Grosmatos only played four snaps, did not see Amari Barno on a defensive snap. He did play a lot on special teams. DJ Johnson was a DMP coach's decision. If we're going to talk NBA here, he did not play at all on Sunday afternoon. Some roster news from the Carolina Panthers. On Monday, they have signed offensive tackle David Sharp from the practice squad to the active roster. They signed Chandler Wooten last week before Sunday to the active roster to get the roster from 51 to 52. And now the roster is officially at the 53 active men that they can have. And Sharp is a former fourth-round pick of the Raiders who has played with Houston, Washington, and Baltimore, was with the Ravens in camp during the summer. He's played in 37 games with six starts, 6-6, three thirty. Um, he gives the Panthers kind of size and experience that they need at tackle. And as far as who this impacts, I would not be surprised to see Ricky Lee inactive on Monday night. And that would allow David Sharp to then be active as he is someone who has been, well, a play someone who started in the league and has a little bit more experience and someone they can probably depend on a little bit more than Ricky Lee. who Of course, is a UDFA out of AT who has never played. I also saw that Nash Jensen he was a healthy scratch on Sunday, so it would make sense for Lee and Jensen, as they have 10 offensive linemen now, to both be the healthy scratches that those guys continue to develop throughout the season during practice. The Panthers need to add two more guys to their practice squad, so they've signed veteran defensive end Chris Warmley and cornerback, I swear this is his name apparently, DiCaprio Booty to the practice squad. So welcome to Carolina, Chris Warmley, and DiCaprio Booty. DiCaprio booty. That's going to wrap up this edition of the Lockdown On podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, hosted by yours, Julie, Julian Council. Again, y'all subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. And be sure to follow me, Julian Council, on Twitter, at Julian Council, where tomorrow I'll be back to answer your weekly Wednesday mailbag questions. Already got plenty of questions, but I want more. I need more. I'm desperate for more either at me or DM me over on Twitter at Julian Council to get those questions into me now. But in the meantime, be safe, be happy, be whole. As always, keep pounding, and I'll talk to you all on Wednesday.